Father, thank you for your word and for the way that again and again you speak to us through it by your spirit. And we pray this morning that you would speak to us again. And we ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you, Guy, for your welcome. And it's great to be with you this morning, even if I can't see you, and even if I can't really imagine uh, where you are. It's another aspect of life that we've been getting used to in the last few days. Neither Guy nor I could even have begun to imagine when he wrote to me on the 6th of January with the theme for today, quite how appropriate it would become in the weeks that followed. So whenever I hear from him in future, I'll pay particular attention to what he says uh, uh, to, to glean any insights about what's likely to happen. These strange and unsettling times in which we're living have been for many of us pretty stressful. There have been so many changes in the last few days that even the most relaxed of us will have been affected by all that's happening. And listening to Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London, on the television on Friday evening will have added in some way to that. Many of us uh, will have been amazed at what he said uh, was likely to happen in the next few months, even though in our more logical moments, he was simply explaining various likely scenarios. Of course, for most of us, stress and the pressures that lead to it have been part of our lives for many years. And sometimes it's easy to feel that feeling stressed or overwhelmed is peculiar to the 21st century. Whereas we can see from these verses that people in every generation have felt exactly the same way. And as Christians, we can get immense encouragement from the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ had among his closest friends those who felt genuine pressure and the stress that comes from that. On that morning we've just read about, we see in Martha a generous woman who wanted to do her best for the Lord Jesus Christ. She was instinctively hospitable and opened her home to him when he came to her village. The lunch that she had planned that day was going to be a real feast. And in his record of the events, Luke missed nothing. Clearly understood exactly how Martha felt and how much the Lord Jesus Christ cared for her. Reading verses 39 to 41, many of us will have recognized our own experience in all that Martha went through. In verse 40, we read that she was distracted. And the word Luke used describes someone pulled in different directions, ending up feeling as though she was going round and round in circles, in spite of all her efforts and all the stress that she felt, actually feeling as though she was getting nowhere. Martha wanted 
to do her best. But frustrated by the lack of help, we can see that from early on in the day, she was already feeling under pressure. She saw everything she planned, that wonderful vision, falling, her falling apart, turning out to be completely undeliverable. This eventually led her to explode in anger, as recorded later in verse 40. Lord, don't you care? She shouted. It's all right for Mary and you having a wonderful spiritual time, but I'm excluded from all of that, all the blessings, because I'm working flat out, all alone, trying to hit the deadline of lunchtime, and I'm increasingly unsure that I can do this. Of course, at any other time, she wouldn't have doubted his care. But the pressure was real and distorted her thinking completely. Like many of us, I suspect, certainly like me, she'd found it difficult to ask for help. But as soon as she said something, the Lord Jesus understood and responded. And we can hear the affection that he felt for her in the way that Luke recorded him addressing her. Martha, Martha, there is both warmth and concern, a total absence of condemnation. He cared. It would have been obvious to anyone who heard him. And the Lord Jesus Christ wants each of us to know afresh today his extraordinary care. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us experience that again and again. Jesus knew that her stress and anger flowed from her deep affection for him and her conviction that he deserved the best. The Lord Jesus understood how she got into this state and was absolutely determined to pause what else he was doing and help her. He shows how much she understands by what he says. He tells her she's worried and uses a word that highlights the mental stress that comes from juggling competing priorities. We do this as probably she did all the time, often instinctively. But her experience prompts us to be honest about when this is beginning to get all too much, when the instinctive response to pressure simply isn't there. He continues by describing her as upset about many things. It's a phrase that describes someone rushing around, trying to complete a task, hit a deadline, and finding themselves getting nowhere in spite of all the effort. Martha had been completely overwhelmed by all 
she was juggling. Some of us know moments like that, moments when we simply want to check out of the situation in which we find ourselves, get away from all the pressure. But then very tactfully and very gently, the Lord Jesus outlines the alternative. The choice that Mary had made. Of course, we know that Mary had been clear about her priorities right from the start. We see that in verse 39. Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Mary had understood what mattered most. She sat at Jesus' feet, wanting to learn better, recognizing that, wanting to get to know him better, to learn from him, recognizing that facing life alone without him would be impoverishing. And she wasn't going to be distracted from that. She listened to what he said, kept on listening. Martha was ready to give Jesus all the time that was necessary. And we need to note and try and follow her example as much as our lives allow. It was this priority that Jesus commended. Only one thing really is necessary, he says. Jesus is clear that all of us need to make priorities, need to decide what really matters. Of course, life being life, there'll always be other options. Always that which will draw us away from what really matters. But we need to try to focus on the most important. It's tempting to do otherwise. Easier to sideline our faith, our family, our mental health, our friends. Everything that brings life, perspective and balance. We deflect people's care and their questions. We see those who, we begin to see those who love us as interruptions to our agendas. I've been there. I know it's the most unhealthy place to be. Even if we persuaded ourselves at the time that it was the best. It won't be easy to change from following Martha's example to following Mary's, but it's key that we do. Mary made the right choice. The good choice is the word Luke uses. And the word has the idea of that which is attractive, that which is life-giving, that which is fulfilling, that which draws us closer to the Lord Jesus and all that he wants for our lives. But how do we begin to do it? In lives that are full of stress, 
lives which sometimes lead to experiences of burnout, we need those around us who reflect how the Lord Jesus was with Martha. People who are honest with us about what's happening and who we're becoming. We need those people. We need as well to be honest with ourselves about how we're feeling before we explode, as Martha did, before we doubt the Lord Jesus cares as she did that day, before we just begin to think more and more that it's all down to us. We need to recognize what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through how we feel and to respond appropriately. And we need too to be those who, like Mary, make a priority of listening to the Lord Jesus, giving him time because we know the absolute value of hearing from him, reflecting on and not simply reading the Bible, praying that the Holy Spirit will highlight that phrase or that word that the Lord Jesus wants us to notice particularly on that day, allowing us to understand afresh, even though mentally we know it so well, his profound love for us and commitment to us. A love and a commitment that took him to the cross. We know that song we used to sing and some of us still sing regularly. He took our sin and our sorrow and made it his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. We can certainly trust one who did that. He's the one who is worth listening to, not being distracted from. The one who will help us make the right choices. We simply need to make him the priority. Of making space for him is easier to talk about than to do.